The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags, joined as always with Daniel Garcia. We're back for another edition of the All Angels Podcast, live from Tempe, Arizona, uh, 2020 spring training. We have a special guest with us, but before we bring him in, let's get into our uh, sponsors. With home security, there's two ways you can go and uh, by protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole house in safety. Uh, Get your comprehensive protection for protection for your entire home, outdoor cameras and doorbell alerts. You, uh, you to anyone can alert you to anyone approaching your house. Uh, entry motions and glass breaking sensors guide guard inside. You barely notice it there, but that's truly remarkable. Is you can set up the system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. So all you got to do is go to simplysafe.com slash team today and get your free shipping and 60-day risk-free trial. You have got nothing to lose. Just go now to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. Whew. That's the first time we read that one. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> but anyway, so we are here. We're joined. We're with our special guest. He's been on the show uh, a couple of times with us here. Uh, live from Tempe, Arizona, Angel Spring Training 2020. We're joined by Rhett Bollinger. Rhett, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, no problem. Fun to be back on. Yeah, so let's get into it. This is going to be our... Uh, Angel preview for the season. We kind of went through the AOS, and now we're here in Tempe with the Angels. And so, Rhett, uh, you've been here the whole time. I guess the first thing I want to ask uh, is Joe Madden, the, the culture around the clubhouse, culture around spring training practices, you know, all that stuff. What's the biggest difference you've seen between uh, last year's coaching regime and then obviously this year's? I think more than anything, they're just very loose this year. You know, Madden's one of those guys, doesn't have that many rules. Uh, pretty laid back, kind of a guy of the 60s and 70s kind of culture. Um, bringing a lot of former players in, which has been pretty cool to see a lot of those guys. Wally Joyner's been there, Frank Tadana. Uh, a lot of legends from, you know, Angels Past has been cool to see. And Charles Barkley, too, which is yeah. fun. And uh, he's got a really fun coach on the staff, Tim Buss, who kind of leads the morning meetings they have on is the he, field. Is he the one all dressed in those, like, you see photos and there's a the guy like in some weird hat, short <laughs> Yeah, he'll wear short shorts, he'll wear <laughs> cowboy hats, he'll do it all. He's pretty funny. And he leads us 
little special pregame meeting on the field um, that's really fun. And, like, after it, they'll do, like, a little competition where there's, you know, with golf clubs like they had with Barkley where they're hitting closer to the pin or even with fungo bats. Um, they had the, what was the, the ball game where they're throwing the, the oh, little spike, spike, spike balls. Spike I didn't ball. know what that even was. Yeah. So stuff like that. And I think just even being in the clubhouse, you can kind of feel it, a little bit more energy. Uh, you know, Mickey Calloway as a pitching coach is a guy a lot of the pitching or sorry, the pitchers really respect. They know his track record of success. So far, I think in camp, that's kind of been an underrated story is that pretty much every single starter and, you know, candidate has pitched really well so far. Um, but yeah, I think just kind of being around the guys, I think what they went through last year, especially was just, you know, such a tough year and so many different levels that it's nice to kind of have, you know, kind of a new year, a fresh start and just kind of a fun staff to be around. Yeah. The, uh, you're talking about, you know, the, the pitching staff, uh, new pitching coach, Mickey Calloway. Do you see, is there a difference in his philosophy as far as, you know, what was it, Doug White last year? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think the difference was with Doug was trying to do some new stuff and, you know, came from the Astros, was definitely kind of a forward thinker, but didn't really have the experience and didn't, you know, it was his first time being a pitching coach. It's a tough role. Uh, you know, I don't think he was quite ready for it, to be honest. And Callaway is a guy that we know really was for a while kind of one of the premier pitching coaches in baseball with mm-hmm. the Indians, you know, that when he was there, they had, I think, the second best ERA in baseball, right. the most strikeouts. So the big thing he preaches, which sounds really simple, but makes sense, is throwing strikes. You look at the team last year, walked a lot of batters. Um, you know, look at kind of teams that throw the most strikes last year. It was like the Dodgers, the Rays, the Astros, the teams that all had really good seasons. The Yankees are up there, too. So it sounds kind of a simple thing, but I think he's really trying to encourage these guys. Let them know, hey, you have the stuff to get guys out. No reason to nibble. And so far, like I said, really, uh, the pitching so far in, in camp has been really good. We'll see if it translates. It's still so early. Uh, you know, spring training stats, it's hard to take them too seriously. But it's, it's yeah. certainly it's been what he's wanted. It's definitely happened, that's for sure. But I don't want – I hate to be Captain Obvious here, but, I mean, pitching deeper in a game is yeah. something that the Angels need to do. Have you heard around anything around the, the camp saying, hey, we need it. We need to get deeper in a game? Absolutely, yeah. That's one of the things. I think that's the reason why he wants to throw strikes. I think their goal is – to get a guy out within the first three pitches. Right. Obviously, strikeouts are great, but they can also, you know, lead to higher pitch total. Um, so, yeah, and I think just talking to, to Madden, he doesn't have quite the same strict philosophy of, you know, taking guys out after two times through the order. You know, I know last year that was one of kind of a big emphasis, taking guys out after yeah. a few times. Yeah. Uh, you know, using openers last year. I think some of that was by necessity because they were so thin last year, but I think this year we won't really see as much of that. I think they're trying to trust some of these guys a little bit more. Uh, but it's going to be on some young guys, though, too, to step up now with you right. know Canning being out for, for a little while here. Yeah, and kind of, you kind of touched on it right there. Uh, Griffin Canning, again, a guy that I think a lot of Angel fans, you know, us included, were really hoping to kind of make that next step this year after you know a really good you know part of last year before he got injured and then got a, a setback with his elbow. What is the? I saw you tweeted something uh, earlier today. What is the? You know, most recent news out there with Griffin Canning. So basically, he's, he flew to L.A. today, and he received an injection in his right elbow. Um, they called it a biological injection. I, I don't, so, yeah, so yeah, I don't know what that, I mean, they won't tell us, but uh, it's either going to be, you know, either PRP or stem cells. Mm-hmm. We know the history. They've done it before with other pitchers, but, you know, they did it with Heaney. They did it with Garrett Richards. They yeah. did it with Shohei. We know what happened to all three of them, right? They all had right. Tommy John. So some people say it's delaying the inevitable, but it has worked for other pitchers. And the truth is, is if his UCL isn't torn right now, which it might be slightly or whatever, but it's not torn enough that it needs to be repaired, essentially. Okay. It's kind of in that no man's land of like, you know, if it fully tears, it probably will eventually, maybe. Yeah. They'll have it. But until then, there's no reason to do it because you can't just do like preventative Tommy John. Right. That's not a thing. Um, and there has been enough success 
stories where you've been able to avoid it? Because even Tanaka has a tear in his UCLA still pitching. I think, uh, who was it with the Cardinals? I think Wainwright pitched like 10 years with one. So like, you can do it. It's just a risk because you're basically at risk to blow out at any point. Mm. So it's kind of scary in that sense. Unless, of course, this therapy works better and it, it erases it. And who knows? Maybe it could. But I guess track record-wise, yeah. it, it can what, be a little what, risky. What is the timetable for something like this? So you got the, like you said, you got the injection today. Are we, what, so we'll find out more in about three weeks to a month. Or, so pretty much right around opening day or maybe the week after it will kind of get a better feel for it so regardless he'll be on the IL to open the year um, and then from there being shut down you know he's not going to be pitching until at least then yeah. you got to figure he'd have to build up for another gosh another what like at least a month to six weeks so I mean he'd be out till at the very least probably I'm sure till June or you know at least late May if he were to come back but um, I guess we'll kind of see how it goes here in a few weeks. Since you were on the topic, you want to read the, yeah, the question? Yeah, so we got an email from Duncan Healy and, and for Rhett. Uh, we, we asked for questions for Rhett, and he says, first of all, Rhett, great follow on Twitter. Uh, and Thank then you. he, he kind of mentioned, you know, the, the, the can can be touched on. But a second part of his question was, how severely – or how, uh, yeah, how severe does a long-term canning injury affect the Angels this year? Yeah, it would be bad. I mean, if, if you were to have to have Tommy John, and especially if you were to delay this and then came back even a little bit and then have Tommy John, you know, in the middle of the season, he might be out till you know, 2022 or something. So it's it would be a pretty rough blow for this team because this is a guy they really count on. Like you said, last year had a really good rookie year, um, showed a lot of potential, you know, good strikeout rate, you know, really throws strikes and limits the walks. Had a couple rough ones late, but I think he was in with some issue with the injury, and then you know he had that tough bullpen appearance in that Orioles game that kind of ended the season there. Yeah. So yeah, but you can tell he loves to compete. Uh, he's a really good guy in the clubhouse. So obviously they're rooting for him, but it's just hard to really know right now. It's just kind of fifty-fifty really until uh, we find out more in a few weeks. Uh, one guy who I look to step his game up, and you talked about young pitchers having to step their game up, Patrick Sandoval. Uh, last year we saw him kind of like on a pitch count. Does, do you see that happening this year with, with Patrick, or you feel like they're going to move forward with him and try to get him? I know, think to... he'll be less restricted. I think they'll probably have maybe some sort of smaller pitch count, but I, I can't imagine it's going to be like it was last year. Um, and even in that time, there, I thought he really kind of showed some stuff down the stretch. Same thing, good strikeout rate, good you know swing and miss rate. Uh, walks are a little bit higher than canning, but something he can improve as well. But I, I think that his changeup really plays – uh, good, you know, decent fleet velo for a lefty. Um, I like his potential a lot too. I, I think that he has a chance, to, you know, if, if they to be the fifth starter. If, if you know, with Canning being out and maybe Andreessy's probably, he could be in there. Um, he, you know, I, I do think that Suarez is probably further along. Or sorry, I, I do think that sorry Sandoval is further along than Suarez and probably Berea at this point too. But um, they'll have to obviously earn it this camp. Going in again. The offseason, there was a bunch of trade rumors. Can the Angels pull this trade, that trade? And honestly, nothing happened. Um, Dodgers almost happened. But, you know, if you were, if the Angels are competitive going into the trade deadline, already has said that they want to make some kind of trade for a frontline starter. What, I guess in your in your opinion, what would that trade look like? Like, who would you think they would have to give up to get something like a frontline uh, starter. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's hard to really predict right now just because you don't know who's going to be out there. I mean, there's not too many guys. I mean, obviously guys have been linked to Col- you know Colorado's John Gray. Um, you know, the, the Cubs could even, if they were to fall off, which is probably unlikely, they've got some guys on one-year deals. I think they could maybe potentially, and even you, Darvish, is a name I'd seen floated out there as well. Um, you know, the, the D-backs, Robbie Ray was a name that got kind of right. floated out a lot, but hasn't really been as much, and they're trying to compete. Um, you know, the there's a couple other guys out there, but it's just hard to really know exactly what they're going to do. Um, if they were to try to go after, like I said, a top-end guy, 
I, I think they try to stay away from you know trading Marsh. Right. He's right. obviously their biggest chip, and if they were, it'd be for like a frontline guy that had like multiple years of control. Right. Because they really like Marsh a lot. Um, so I think if they could avoid that, I mean, it, it's just hard. It's hard to know because it just depends on how many years of control guys have. If it's like kind of a rental, they could definitely do it without having to give up too much. Um, but I think that if they were to, you know, really go after somebody, yeah, like. But the question is, Matthew Boyd's a guy I forgot too. A guy's a pretty good left-hander for the Tigers. Yeah, Tigers aren't going to compete this year, so he could be on the market. Right. Um, but I think even like a guy like Boyd, it wouldn't. I don't think it would take a guy like Marsh. To yeah, he would probably meal, be. He would demand deal. something less. Yeah, it would. I don't think that would be the the trade. So it just yeah. depends on who's out there. But I do think that if they're in it, they'll be aggressive, especially because I think they really do know they need some pitching there. Right. Let's stick. Let's stick to the pitching while we're we're on the subject. We got a question from Edward Vizcaino. He's uh, a question for Rhett. Uh, he said, uh, you're a great follow on Twitter as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the Angels back end of the bullpen, in my opinion, looks great. But how do you feel about the guys who can get you to the back end of that bullpen? So I'm assuming he's talking about the middle, the, you know, the relievers in the bullpen, exactly. the rest of it. Yeah. The, the three-headed monster. Okay, yeah, exactly, right? Because at the back, yeah. you have Robles and Butchery. Butchery had a pretty and, good year and, last and, year. And, and uh, Middleton. Middleton. Yeah, Middleton got his velocity mm-hmm. back. So you got to figure he's going to be in that mix. Too bad about Anderson getting hurt. Right. I still like his stuff. I think last year he was just kind of hurt part of the year, and his walk rate was way too high. But he's got the strikeout stuff for sure once he comes back. I definitely like his stuff. Luke Bard has been kind of inconsistent. He's still in that mix-o as well. Um, I thought that Andres was a guy that would probably be a reliever, but I think now with with the injury, right. uh, I think there's a chance that he goes to the rotation. Um, okay. So I think there's definitely going to be some competition back there. Um but it's hard to really predict exactly how it's going to shake out. Noe Ramirez, obviously, last year right. had a pretty good year. Can can give you some length, which is something they could probably use as a guy who can go two innings. He's also out of options, um, so he's going to obviously get a long look. And you know, I, I do think he'll probably have a pretty good shot of making the roster again. Uh, Mike Myers is a guy that's also on the forty man that is out of options. So if they don't keep him, um, they'd have to you know obviously put him on waivers. So that kind of works in his favor, but. I, it would still be kind of an uphill, or uphill battle for him to make the roster that way. Um, but, yeah, there's at least some, some intrigue. A lot of guys who throw hard uh, for sure. But I, I think that more likely, too, I don't think they're going to put any of the younger guys in the bullpen. Like, yeah, like I said, we talked about Sandoval, those right. guys. Even if they don't make the rotation, Berea, those, you know, Suarez, they're going to go and start in AAA and then kind of get stretched out there. One guy that I don't think either of us has mentioned but had a pretty good year last year before his injuries, Felix Pena. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess two part. One, where is he in that recovering process? And two, when he comes back, where are the Angels thinking about putting him? Well, right now he's he's doing pretty well, but he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Um, he's getting stretched out. I think they're going to try to keep him potentially to you know be able to start. But to start the year, it's going to be hard for him to get too stretched out. So um, the nice thing about him, the same with Andres, is the fact that he has minor league options, so he can be sent down too. So he can even be start the year out on the IL with his injury if he's not ready to join the club if he's healthy they can just start him at AAA until they figure it out or keep him at AAA until he's stretched out to start the nice thing early in the year too is they have so many off days they really only need like a fifth starter I think it's like two times before like April 24th or something like that so like if they really want to get away with it they could certainly have a four man rotation have like Pena kind of come up into a spot start or even any of the young kids too Suarez or someone and then send him back down because that's the one thing that kind of is a benefit this year is they have a lot of optionable guys not too many guys that like are out of options the way they kind of get handcuffed by that which I do think is why I think that you know Ramirez should make the team but uh, not or no way will, but options can definitely play in your favor in terms of making a roster. Where do you see a guy like Taylor Cole? You see him in that Luke Bard kind of? Yeah, yeah, he shows a lot of potential. Um, really good changeup. Obviously, will always be an Angels lore for that game. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 him and Pena. So, 
I, I think he's got the studs to be pretty good. I think it's just being consistent. I think he, last year he kind of faded late. You never know if he got overworked or tired or what kind of happened mm-hmm. to him. Um, but definitely an intriguing guy, and I, he's certainly in that mix for sure as well. You know, I, I guess pitching is always going to be the main thing <laughs> yeah. the Angels this year. But um, start, they came out, I, I think was it Madden that said he has an idea or who knows who his starting uh, pitcher is going to be opening day. If you had to take a guess, who do you think opening day uh, pitcher will be out in Houston? Uh, I thought today I had it figured out because I, on, the, on the schedule it said that Julio Tehran is supposed to pitch today. He got pushed back to right. tomorrow. Right. Uh, you know, Suarez is supposed to pitch on the road. He pitched at home. So I kind of did the five-day thing from now and thought that Tehran actually was on schedule. The fact that he's not could change things. But they obviously now, you know, Bundy's been going every four days, so it's kind of a different schedule in spring. I still think Tehran's got a chance because he's done, what, six in a row before right. this for the Braves. Right. But I, I think it would be cool if they could get, get Heaney to do it just because – you know, a guy that's been an angel for as long as he has. It'd be a really cool reward. Yeah. Longest tenured. <clears throat> but I could also see him kind of going to the veteran. And obviously Bundy. Bundy's that's the lowest uh, ERA of anyone in spring training with so as many innings. So <laughs> he's been pretty good. I don't know if that really will factor into it. But I think that more than likely it's between Heaney and Tehran. And I think the way it's lined up, it's probably a little bit more likely it's Tehran. But we'll see. Right. So let's, let's – I think that's enough pitching talk for right now. <laughs> Unless you no, have something. Pitching, no, fine, yeah. Let's talk about the offensive side of things. Obviously this Angels lineup, it looks – Pretty good. Even with Otani, it looks great. But even with Otani out of it, if he, you know, when he comes back, it still looks like a very decent lineup. Uh, looks like he can score a lot of runs. So we got a question from Rob Lassings. Uh, he says, Rhett, with the Angels offense looking to be something to be reckoned with, uh, do you see Pujols uh, in that sixth spot for the majority of the season? Yeah, I would think so. I think right now the way that it's kind of lining up is up top. You're going to have LaStella or Fletcher, whoever's going to be starting in the lineup that day. And then from there, I think Trout's going to at second. I think Rendon's going to be third. Then they're going to have Otani from there. Then they'll go Upton. And then I think there are Pujols. And I think Pujols will get some offs. We know he'll get rest. He'll probably only play three days in a row at first. Um, That kind of a plan. Um, and won't have that many DH opportunities because Shoei is going to DH a lot, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I would think that makes the most sense. You know, and Albert's credit, he's still, you know, it's still a skill that he last year even as an RBI guy knows how to knock those guys in. I know that's much right. like it's some of the, you know, some of the advanced stats really believe that or not. But, I mean, he did have, you know, a decent amount of RBIs again last year. You could do worse than a guy like that in that spot. I know some fans even have told me they'd rather have him ahead of Upton because they feel like Upton doesn't do as well <laughs> with runners in scoring position. But I don't know how much of that's you know, true or just fans being mad at Upton. So, but yeah, it should be deep and have Simmons and Castro behind that and Goodwin as their number nine hitter and potentially Adele at some point, probably hit ninth too, but definitely a, a longer lineup for sure. And you talk about Jason Castro, the catcher that Angels brought in this year. Um, before the Angels, you were the beat writer for the Minnesota Twins. Twins. You know, Castro spent some time with the Twins. Uh, I think when we talked one time, you guys didn't overlap a whole lot, but from when you did see him, what are some good things that Angel fans can look forward to um, with the new catcher uh, behind the plate? They, the Twins loved Castro. You know, they signed him to a three-year deal. Um, great with the pitchers. All the pitchers loved throwing to him. Their first year there, surprisingly, in you know 2017, they made the wild card yeah, with him kind of leading that season. pitching staff. Uh-huh. It was a pretty, you know, a lot of guys, people probably have never heard of in that staff, too. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's some good pitchers with Barrios and Gibson and some of those guys. Uh, but really did a great job transforming that. And then the next year, 
uh, was my final year in Minnesota, and that was the year, too, that he had uh, knee surgery for a meniscus tear. It wasn't like it was an ACL or anything right. major, but it kept him out most of the season. Um, and then last year he came back, and, and obviously Mitch Garber was a big part of it, too. Uh, but same thing, the Twins make the playoffs. So when he was there, when he was healthy, he also was a part of pretty good teams. Uh, the pitchers said always talked about his game planning. Super smart guy, you know, Stanford guy. Uh, from California, it's funny. He's from Castro Valley, California, and his last name's Castro. Castro yeah, um, but but yeah, he's happy to be back. You know, in California, I talked to him a few times this spring. Uh, super good guy, uh, and even offensively, you know, he's got a little bit of power in that bat. Can draw some walks. Not a high average guy, but uh, a guy that can get a little bit streaky and be a little bit more show a little more power than you realize sometimes. Yeah, you answered my next question. I was going to say he provides some kind of pop other than, you know, yeah. what the Angels have had in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. You know, since Maldonado, I don't think they've had a guy who hit a catcher hit. Yeah, he, he hits like league average at least yeah. like for a position player in general. So he right. hits like pretty well for a catcher. Okay, so you talked you talk slightly about uh, you said Adele possibly batting nine. So there's a question from Edward. Say, what do you guys feel about Adele's chances of making the opening day roster? I mean, he's played really well. You guys saw him when he had a double today, right? Yeah. Did he, Opposite uh, field, gapper. Yeah, I saw yeah. the speed. It's uh-huh. crazy. I think it's still beyond likely just right. because I think that Goodwin's probably going to start there and right and keep Adele, let him get ready at AAA. I think mm-hmm. he's really close. I think that, you know, a little bit of more seasoning would help. And then just even right field, you know, to learn a bit more about that. Yeah. Although I feel like he's played a lot of center this spring, which is interesting considering they're trying to get him to play right. Um, right today, so. yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so I think that, because obviously as you guys know, the spin off the you know, the bats is mm-hmm. different, the reads are different. Yeah. So that could help. Um, but he's really close. So I mean, I, I think at this point they're probably better off letting Goodwin do it for now. But I do think once Adele is ready, he'll join this lineup. But I, I do wonder if they will kind of take it easy on him and said maybe bat him ninth too just to kind of right. get him ready to go, kind of let him get kind of confident because he'd be a pretty awesome kind of like second leadoff type of right. too to get, right? Because that's what Madden loves that. She said even as an NL manager, he was a guy that used to bat his pitcher eighth a lot because right. he really believes that. Yeah. That's why he likes Goodwin too in that role because yeah. you know, he had a pretty good season offensively last year too. Does uh, service time have anything to do with I, It could. I mean, I guess the question is, is if the new CBA if that's going to erase it anyway, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, technically, if it stays similar, I mean, I, it, I'm sure it would be a consideration. If you keep down there till like mid-April, late right. April, you know, you get that extra year of control. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it certainly could play a factor in there, but I, I think it's going to be more when he's ready to go. I don't think the Angels are generally that cheap in a sense in a weird right. way. Like, right. you know, Artie wants to win. So I, I think that if he's ready, I think that they'd have to be ready to go ahead to let him come up. All right, we're going to take a quick break for a second, and then we'll be right back with Red, and we'll finish off this uh, Angels preview. All right. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did, and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it.
This is Hood Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We are back. We'd like to thank our sponsors again to our show. They're the ones that uh, make this possible for us. Again, GroomGoon.com and www.EpicRadioTV.com as well. So let's continue on our Angels uh, preview show. Again, we're live from Tempe, Arizona here with Angels beat writer Rhett Bollinger. So, Dan? One of the things I kind of want to bring up, and it's kind of the elephant in the room, the Astros and everything that <laughs> they've been going on through this uh, off season. You were there when the uh, quote-unquote apology was happening uh, in Florida, and then there, you know, obviously later on <laughs> the guys came out and Angel players kind of came out and said what they said, but what was the overall kind of feeling when all that stuff was starting up at the beginning of spring this year? Yeah, I think the way that went down was just the press conference came off so poorly, you know. I think it if they would have let them, like, talk to the media in the clubhouse or whatever, like, it would have been fine. Like, mm-hmm. it would have been, not fine, but, like, would have been more authentic and people would have understood it. But the fact they had that press conference and, like, just the owner was so defiant and everything else and the, mm-hmm. the written statements they read, uh, it just kind of came off as, to, at least in the players' words, kind of phony. Just kind of talking to them once I got in there, they certainly weren't happy with what they saw. I do think some were a little bit comforted, or comforted like after they saw the players talk a little bit more after. Um, but then even after that, you know, Craig kind of fired back. And so, yeah, I mean, I've never seen uh, so many major league players angry about anything ever. You know, I've been yeah, around for the same thing. 11 yeah. years, 12 years. So I've never seen them that willing to talk about something like that openly, especially Trout. You know, Trout's a guy that doesn't really say too much in general, kind of keeps to himself. Um, and he really went off on him, you know, and it's for that to happen as, you know, kind of the, the best player of his generation and maybe ever to kind of go out and say that uh, was a pretty big thing, you know. So I think the players on the league respect the fact that Mike did that. Um, and I, I and obviously, as we know, if we'll see how the rest of the year goes, it's going to be a story the whole year. And yeah, it is. Especially with the Angels opening there and then having him for the right. home opener. So. And then kind of going with the, the whole opening at Houston, um, whoever the opening starter is, do you feel like they retaliate right away? Do you feel like they don't? Do you feel like how do you feel like that's going to play? Because so many people want the angel, the angel pitchers, or just the pitchers in general to kind of go by the book or the yeah. rules and kind of set everything right that way. Do you think? I don't want that to happen. I, I, mean, I don't want a runner on first base. We have plenty. We have plenty of problems <laughs> with that already. But what's your overall theme? Do you think? You know, obviously when it first came out, the emotions were high and everyone's really mad. But now that it's kind of simmered down. And you are, you know, less than a month away, obviously, from spring tra- uh, from opening day. Do you think that's going to be an issue for not only the Angels, but just baseball in general? Baseball in general, yeah, it could be a little bit. I don't think about the Angels as much. I, they were Madden. Heaney was a guy that was really mad, and obviously will start right. one of those games as long as he's healthy. Um, but Madden has publicly said that he's against hitting other pitchers, or sorry, other players on the Astros. Um, so I have a funny feeling I'll probably tell his players to kind of don't do that, especially with them being in that early series. Mm-hmm. And like we said, too, you couldn't afford it. If, if yeah. Heaney or someone goes out there and beans one of them, it's crazy he'll get suspended when they get suspended yeah, for anything. So it's so weird. Like, it's a, yeah, they're even thinner. You know, even if it's just one start, five-game suspension or something, it's like all of a sudden now you're even thinner in the rotation, which is your issue right now. So I don't think they can take that risk, the Angels. But I, I do think there'll be some guys in the league that will – we've seen Clevenger, what he yeah. said. And um, I don't – you know, I don't blame some of these guys. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, I don't think we'll see it at least – maybe not – and maybe we'll see it later from the Angels. I don't think we'll see it in the first series. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of guys who are quote-unquote old school. You know, I don't know right, if you guys yeah. saw the Twitter, um, Jared Weaver on his Twitter <laughs> yeah. talking about it. You know, so I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of retaliation somewhere down the line. Oh, for sure, you know? for sure. But, yeah. you know, I don't – me, myself, I don't I don't want that to happen. Yeah, well, yeah it wouldn't, it wouldn't be – it would be a 
big story to go nuts. But yeah, I mean, for the Angels, truthfully, in terms of their roster and actually trying to win, it wouldn't be a good thing. Yeah, exactly. I guess the, the newest kind of news out there that broke the last couple of days is the whole foreign substance and, uh, and uh, so the, weird the visiting team, like the visiting uh, clubhouse manager gets fired for substance. Like, kind of walk us through like what happened there and what's the deal with all this foreign substance talk with MLB. So essentially, you know, Trevor Bauer's actually been a guy that kind of led this thing, talking about how. You know, it's kind of an open secret forever that guys right, use yeah. pine tar or some sort of concoction. The famous one is sun is a sunscreen, it's bullfrog. Oh, bullfrog yeah. Yeah. So they make a concoction of that, and there's been talk that certain teams have their own formulas, blah, blah, blah. Um, it turns out that the Angels had their own formula, but it wasn't, well, who knows, but it supposedly wasn't going to their own players. It was going to opposing players who I think in turn would tip this clubhouse manager, Bubba, wow. um, for this concoction. But the thing is, is like, I'm sure they could get to other places too or make their own right. or whatever, but it is kind of crazy that someone in the Angels was providing it to the opposing teams. But like I say too, like it supposedly helps you control at least a few hit by pitches. But like Bauer said too, certain guys and not everybody, but in certain teams can potentially use that to like stimulate, right. yeah, to have a higher right. spin rate, which as we know, like higher spin rates do lead to better stats. Like if you look right. at, you know, breaking balls or fastballs that have higher spin rates, they generally have better overall numbers as those pitches because it just right. fastballs ride a little bit more or at least have the vision of it riding and then right. the breaking ball just tumbling harder you know right. and I saw a quote on Twitter today and I, <clears throat> I it, was it I can't remember if it was Madden or not because I was kind of just getting me through it and you know or maybe it was Kali but it's like I just feel bad for the batters that have to be in the you know batter's box in early April like in Detroit, Detroit yeah <clears throat> yeah so how, how yeah it's just to me cold weather do you think that's going to like if they get rid of everything, is that going to spend it? That kind of solve everything. And now, but now you have a whole another seems like set of issues. If you yeah, that, that that's the question is you don't know like would MLB just have a universal solution like in terms of like literally like a substance that you can just use right. like make available right. Um, Madden also suggested would they just have it some sort of substance on the ball already so the ball would have a little more tackiness yeah because I guess the ball just said in Asia maybe Japan have it like that he wasn't really sure um, but yeah I mean there's certainly some. Things they got to figure out, but if they just do it where there's no, you know, pine tar whatsoever, and there's no anything else for tackiness, yeah, I do think there's, you know, these players, there could be a little bit more bean balls by accident just because the balls, you know, they talk like kind of like a cue ball, you know, just kind of gripping it. So I mean, I got a feeling that MLB will, will figure something out, right. but as of right now, it's still a little bit of a question. So before we go, because you've been again more in generous with your time. Um, something we've been asking a lot of the guys when we preview the AL West isn't necessarily a team record because obviously injuries and crazy stuff can happen throughout the year. But I'm interested to get your opinion on how many wins do you believe it will take to win the AL West, regardless of whatever team it is? That's a tough one. I mean, just historically to win a division, it's usually you got to be like what, like low to mid 90s in general. And usually, even even you don't know what team's going to catch fire and do that. Exactly. Because the A's, even you know what, they've won what 97 97 back to back years. Uh Nobody talks about them. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be like that. I mean, the Astros are still a question mark because we don't know how much it's going to affect them. It's just going to be crazy all year. They're going to get booed. Mentally, it's going to be tough for these guys, and and deservedly so. They they cheated. Let's be honest. Um. So like. It's hard to know, but like at the same time, like these guys are still really talented. Like Bregman was still the number four pick, whatever it was, for a reason. Like yeah, these guys, yeah, like Springer, all these guys yeah. were pretty good before. But I mean, you look at some of the crazy numbers of laying off pitches, whatever. Yeah, and if any of these guys have bad years, they're gonna get. It's gonna. Oh man, players are gonna call them. Anything they ever did is gonna be, you know, completely questioned. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not, so like, yeah, long story short, I think it's still going to be the normal amount of wins. It's still going to be somewhere in the mid-90s to win the division. Same kind of thing with the wild card. It's probably going to be, best case, like high 80s to try to get in, but usually it's still going to be low 90s maybe. Yeah, that's be but cool. this time it does seem like this year there's not that many teams that are really, really trying to compete. It's kind of like the Yankees at the very top. They've kind of had some injuries. Yeah. Um, Astros are kind of a question mark. We know the Twins are really good last year. Is that for real? Indians didn't really add anybody, but they have some pitching. Chicago, right. Chicago are kind of up White and up, Sox. but are they, are they ready yet? Right. Yeah. Are the Red Sox still have some players? They're not bad, but they don't have Mookie Betts, which is crazy to me. Right. But and the Rays are always sneaky good, like the A's. So, like, there's some intriguing teams, but there's still a lot of ifs. There's no... So they'll be in that mix, I think, for the wild card, and potentially the division if, if everything breaks right. But I do think that canning, that doesn't help. We'll see if he can come back, and then we'll see if they can get more pitching at the deadline. I thought that deal for Jock and, and Stripling would have helped them. Um, so, yeah, just a depth would have helped. But, you know, I do think Renifo still has a really could have a really bright future as a guy with on base and power, sneaky power, and, and I think he's a good defender already. So who knows? Maybe in the long term it's a better trade if they didn't make it, but I think in the short term that probably would have benefited them, but maybe it is better for the long term that they didn't do that move. There so. is something uh, rolling around on the internet right now. Say, I guess it says over 85 wins or under 85 wins for the Angels. Hmm. How do you see that playing out? You, Before you... the canning injury, I probably would have been on the over, over, but I still think it could happen, but I think that makes me... Think a little bit less likely, but I still think I think they're probably still like an eighty-seven win team, though. Like even because because I, I think their offense is going to score a lot of runs. They're going to yeah. beat up a lot of pitching, especially. I'm curious to see too. Is there's a good story about Jason Stark, I believe today, about the three batter rule and how that's going to change right. things. Right. There's going to be some times where like Trout and Rendon are going to get some sort of lefty or someone or someone just like right. it's just stuck out there. Or someone yeah. who's like tired and yeah. Trout's hit the ball 550 yeah. feet yeah. or kill somebody. So some of that could happen too. So this team's going to mash. I really do think so. Um, but I, it's just the pitching. Yeah. But teams historically, there's you, you can mash your way to the playoffs. Can you win in the playoffs with that kind of offense? Right. I don't know. There's a difference. But you can you can mash away the playoffs. And there's a chance with this team, Rendon is pretty darn good. Right. Um, but with him, and, and Otani's got to really have another big year too. But uh, yeah. there's some certainly some really intriguing pieces. So. All right, Red. Thank you very much. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Red Bollinger. Again, the MLB beat writer for the Los Angeles Angels. So, again, thank you very much for your time. No problem. It's fun to do it in person this time. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It, so. yeah. I quickly want to shout out everyone who sent us an email, too, for Red. Uh, yeah, Duncan, who listens to us in Dead Horse, Alaska, believe it or not. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's weird. That's uh, awesome. It's so weird. Uh, uh, Edward and I believe it was Rob, right? Rob so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for sending your emails. Again, you can follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Halo underscore Haven. Have any questions for the podcast, comments, or concerns, it's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us here live from Tempe, Arizona, spring training 2020 for the LA Angels. I am Johnny Max, and you listen to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. 
a performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.